Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is our Epiphany Sunday. Our order of service begins in the bulletin. We're going to open right now with hymn number 92, Brightest and Best of the Stars of the Morning. But I am truly sorry 
for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done, and for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. I now ask you before God who searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this Epiphany Sunday is from Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 6. And as we hear that reading, you'll see how it prophesies things that would happen with the wise men in their worship of the infant Jesus. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you, all assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. With the wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come bearing golden incense, and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Alleluia, through faith we too have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Alleluia. Alleluia. Epiphany Sunday is from Ephesians chapter 3 verses 2 to 12, reading in which Paul talks about the mystery of the gospel that was revealed to him and that he's revealing to us and oh what a mystery everything had to be for example to the wise men and well to any of us before we're called to faith before the words of scripture are opened up to us. Paul wrote, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to man in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. 
This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Let's sing our next hymn, hymn number 80, Angels from the Realms of Glory. this Epiphany Sunday is our gospel reading, oh, the account of the wise men coming to worship the infant Jesus from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Matthew writes, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, 
Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the, the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who have come to worship the Christ child, many Christians throughout the world are in the habit of gathering together with their fellow Christians. Often it's Sunday morning, maybe it's another time in the week, depending on the service time, and, and gathering for weekly worship and gathering also for special worship services. And generally you think about people doing this because they want to worship their Savior. As Christians, we'll want to worship God regularly and often because Jesus did say, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I with them. Yet, we've all heard people who say that you don't have to go to church to worship God. And that is true. We can worship God anywhere. For example, well, we can worship God online and through our conference calls. Well, we can worship God through written sermons and bulletins. There are ways that we can do that. However, many who claim that you can worship God anywhere, that you can worship God out in nature, they're saying that not because they actually do worship God out there in nature. It's just what they say as their excuse for their lack of worship. 
whenever somebody says, oh, I can worship God out in my back 40, I always say, do you have your Bible with you? Because God speaks to us through his word. Well, why do we Christians want to worship God, gather together to worship God often and regularly? Well, we do that because we love God and his word. And we also recognize the need to be strengthened and built up in our faith. And we also recognize that we need to gather together with fellow Christians so that we can support and encourage one another, so that I can get support and encouragement, so that you can get support and encouragement. The support and encouragement we give to our fellow Christians is very important. It's Oh, like the support that a sports team gets from its fans? Oh, maybe just think back a couple of years ago when, when sporting events were being held and there was nobody in the stands. That had to be a weird situation. And now the fans are back. And, and hearing the cheering of the fans, that has to mean something so much for the athletes who are competing on the field. And now... Many of us, we love to get together to, with our fellow sports fans for the sake of maybe our children or high school or maybe it's a local team or maybe it's a professional team that we want to cheer on, but we like doing that. And isn't it great also for us to gather together with our fellow Christians who share our beliefs and to praise the God who one day is going to take us to heaven? See, now that's a great thing for us to be able to do. On this Epiphany Sunday, Matthew tells us of the wise men's worship of the infant Jesus. And as we look at the wise men's worship of the infant Jesus, we're encouraged to strive to copy the wise men's worship. And our reading, it kind of describes a couple aspects of their worship. It overcomes obstacles, it gives generously, and it lives lovingly. The wise men, or the magi, they didn't actually get to see the baby born in the barn in Bethlehem. They didn't see the manger. Our reading tells us that they actually came to see Jesus. It, it was in a house that they had settled in sometime after that. It may have been weeks or months or maybe even up to two years after the time that Jesus was born. The wise men, they were the university professors or the scientists of their day. They they studied the stars and, well, the wise men, that term fits them so appropriately. They studied the stars and the wisdom of the ancients. Well, they came from some distant land in the east, but we don't know what that land was. We can only guess, but... But since they knew about the promises of God, of the Savior, and about this special star that was supposed to announce the Savior, 
it really is obvious that they must have had some contact with the Word of God. And that's why we often are led to believe that these wise men were actually from Babylon because remember the Jews, they had been carried off in their 70-year back captivity. And while they were in that 70-year captivity, well, the Jews were adopted into their society and into their society, well, there were some young men, for example, who were taken into the Babylonian wise men. And you can think of Daniel who, because he stood up for the Lord, he ended up being thrown into a lion's den. Or there were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they wouldn't bow the knee to, to the foreign ruler. What happened is that they were thrown into the fiery furnace, but God rescued them. And now they had to witness to their fellow wise men about their God, about the Lord, and about the promises of God. Well, through their witness, the Old Testament prophecies regarding Jesus and the star could have reached ancestors of these wise men who actually came to come and worship the infant Jesus. But now if you think about it, if those wise men actually came from Babylon, that means that they would have had to travel 500 plus miles just to get to Jesus. And, and that would have been a major trip because remember they didn't have our cars or planes. That would have been a major trip, but that didn't matter to them. They had to worship, they had to go and worship the newborn king. And when they reached Palestine, well, then the star that had guided them to Palestine, it disappeared. And that was another obstacle beyond just the distance that they had to travel. But they wanted to see Jesus. And so what they did is they went to the ruling king at that time. That was King Herod. And they didn't know what kind of an obstacle they were getting themselves into when they saw him at first. The unsuspecting Magi, they came to King Herod. This was toward the end of his life. He had just murdered his 10th wife and three of his sons because they appeared to be trying to usurp the throne away from him. And now was that true or was that just Herod's madman view of the situation? Well, he was kind of crazy at that particular time. And now, no wonder Herod was really disturbed then at this point when the Magi asked, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? Herod directed the Magi's question to the chief priests and the scribes. They are the ones who copied the Old Testament scriptures and they told him, in Bethlehem, in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Herod relayed that information to the wise men, and then he told them, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. 
Of course, we know that that was not Herod's intention. It wasn't easy for the Magi to worship the infant Jesus. They faced many obstacles in getting to Jesus. There was, well, the distance, the fact that they really didn't know just where they were going, the disappearing star, and then there was King Herod. Those were some pretty big obstacles that, well, they could have very easily started out the trip and said, this is too much. But they had to find Jesus so strong was their desire to worship the newborn king of the Jews. And now we also may face obstacles in our worship life. But the obstacles that we face, probably nothing like what the wise men face. We often hear people who say, well, Sunday, it's the only day that I get to sleep in. And it's the only day that I have to do all these things that I need to do around the house. COVID seems to still present problems for some people with regard to worship. And maybe our worship, our Bible class, our Sunday school times, maybe they aren't just exactly what we prefer. And maybe our church doesn't exactly do things just as the way we'd like them to be done. We can think of obstacles like that that might try to get us to stay away from church. Well, may God continue to strengthen and bless our faith so that we have the same desire to worship the infant Jesus that those wise men had. So we are always eagerly looking forward to any and all opportunities that are placed in front of us to worship our Savior. You know, I'm so thankful that in our day and age that we have things like online options and conference call options that we can use to reach out to people. I'm so thankful that we have them, but it sure is great to be gathered together with our church family, to hear about God's grace and love, to hear about our Savior to gather together for worship, for Bible study. When the wise men left Herod, what happened then is that the star that had guided them to Jerusalem, it reappeared. It reappeared to guide them to Bethlehem. And just imagine how overjoyed those, those wise men had to be when that star reappeared like that. Now let's look at the whole situation. What, what could have very easily happened is what very easily could have happened is that God could have caused that star to guide them directly to Bethlehem so that they never would have had to go to Jerusalem or to King Herod at all. But God had a plan here. God had things that needed to happen. And, well, when that star disappeared, what happened is that those wise men, it forced them to seek help, and, and the help that they sought, well, they went to the royal palace. But then even King Herod went to his men who knew the scriptures. It forced them to look to God's word for help and for guidance. The Jewish leaders 
they wouldn't have known about an answer to the Magi's question about where Jesus was supposed to be if they didn't know about Micah's prophecy that I shared with you about Bethlehem earlier. So the Holy Spirit here again is once again underscoring for us the importance of the word. The Lord does want us to search the scriptures, to dig into them and see there's no limit to the knowledge and the strengthening power that God's word can, can provide if we will but search the scriptures. It's interesting, the star, it led those wise men right to the house where Jesus and his parents were. Matthew says, They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. You know, when you think about the wise men's worship, they came, they saw Jesus, and Jesus had to look just like a normal child. Yet when they looked at him, they saw in him their Savior and their Lord. As part of their worship, what they did is they gave him those special gifts that they brought with them. Those gifts, they probably helped Mary and Joseph and Jesus to, to survive, to exist when they had to flee down to Egypt because of because of Herod, because of his attempt to try to kill Jesus when, when he went to Bethlehem and, and killed off all the baby boys in Bethlehem and the surrounding area to try to get rid of Jesus. But it's interesting to note that even though Jesus didn't look like a Jewish king and he didn't even look like a young prince, that didn't hinder, hamper their generosity. Their gifts were given from hearts overflowing with faith and in their love for their Savior. Like the Magi, we also have the opportunity to give generously to our Lord. But our sinful nature is always trying to pull us back and, and keep us from the generosity that our faith would really move us toward. When we consider the gifts of our time and our talents and our treasures that we bring to God, let's remember what the scriptures do say. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. King David said, I was young and now I am old, and yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. And when the Lord encourages us to give generously to him, he, he also says to us, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. That's the promise of our Lord who has given us so much already when we think about material blessings, when we think about spiritual blessings. He's given us so much. And in thanks for his blessings, let's give generously to him and, and then just watch as the floodgates of heaven open with blessings to us from our God. And, 
And now when I say that, that doesn't mean necessarily millions and billions of dollars. Although that could be a part of the blessings God gives to us. He will take care of us. And he will give us all the spiritual blessings that we need in, in Jesus, our Savior. Matthew says, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, the Magi returned to their country by another route. Had the Magi trusted Herod, which really they didn't know that there was a reason for them not to trust him, but had they trusted Herod, what could have happened is that Jesus could have been slaughtered and that would be the end of things. But, well, of course, God's in control. And God intervened here. In a dream, he told the wise men about Herod and his evil intent and sent those wise men off on another route instead of going back to Herod. This may have added many miles to an already long trip, but that didn't matter for the wise men because they were living lovingly for their Savior. They said, he's my Savior. I can do this for him. That's not a big deal. Their hearts were so filled with love for their Savior that they were glad to go another route like that so Herod couldn't get Jesus. If only we could always see our God's commands in that same light and gladly obey him if for no other reason than to avoid hurting our Savior a little bit more. It's been said that if we break God's will, if we sin against God's will, that it's as if we're pounding that crown of thorns a little bit deeper into our Savior's head. And of course, we don't want to add to our Savior's suffering. Instead, we'll want to live in love for the one who loved us enough to go to the cross for us. The Magi, they lived lovingly for their Savior by following God's directives so Jesus would not be hurt. And may God help us also to live lovingly for Jesus, that we with God's help strive to follow God's will. The Magi, they traveled far and they overcame obstacles just because they had to go and worship the infant Jesus. They had to worship Christ their King. They gave generously to him to thank him for all that he would end up doing for them. And, and they lived lovingly for their Savior. They showed their desire to live motivated by God's love and they did all of these acts of worship not because they were forced into it but because they were so filled with a love for the Savior that that's just what they wanted to do. They had been built up, they'd been strengthened in their faith and they said this is what we need to do. 
It wasn't force, it was God's love that moved them. God's love so filled their hearts. May God, the Holy Spirit, build up and strengthen our faith and also fill our hearts with love for God so that all of our acts of worship, that they're done for the same reason that we're filled with love and we want to say thank you to God for his grace and mercy, for the forgiveness of sins, for a savior for eternal life. Oh, let's strive to copy the wise men's worship. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let's confess our faith with the Christmas Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, who sent his Son to be my Savior. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, my Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, adored by the wise men, who lived to suffer, die, and rise again to free me from all sin, from death and from the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit who brought me to faith in my Savior and by whose continuous work in my heart I rejoice in my salvation, show forth his praises, and will one day live and reign with him in all eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, by the leading of a star, you once made known to the nations your one and only Son. Guide us also, who know him now by faith, to come at last to the perfect joy of your heavenly glory. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And in our prayers, well, please do look at our prayer list in the bulletin. But in our prayers today, we think again of Diane Kennedy's sister-in-law. She'd been in the hospital with COPD and COVID and a low hemoglobin count. And we think about Don Janicki, who's still dealing with many strokes and and we think about Paula Burris. We are so thankful because she did have surgery to try to open up circulation in her leg on Tuesday, and, and that did go well. And we continue to think about Paula's friend Marvel, who is in hospice care. We pray, Lord God, we live in a world where all kinds of problems and troubles are always going to be there. As we deal with those problems and troubles, if it's according to your will, grant healing. But of course, as we always ask, please keep on giving to all of us your grace and love because that's the blessing that we need most of all. Fill our hearts with your love so that we're always motivated to gather together to worship and praise you for all of your grace and mercy and love for us. 
We pray in Jesus' name, and in Jesus' name we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Again, thank you for joining me for worship this Epiphany Sunday. Just a couple of announcements to share with you. No birthdays or anniversaries that I'm aware of this week in our congregation. Do have Wednesday worship this week at 6.30 p.m. And we do have our annual voters meeting Thursday at 6.30 p.m. I think that that's what I have for announcements to share with you. Again, thanks for joining me. The Lord bless and keep you always.